Welcome to Inside the Groove, a podcast about the music of Madonna. I'm your host, Edward Russell, and every episode I'll be taking a well-known Madonna track and telling the story of how it was written and how it was recorded. I'll be using multi-track sessions and demos to break down the creative process and find out how Madonna has been behind some of the greatest pop songs of the last 40 years. Hollywood was the second single from Madonna's ninth studio album and was released on 27th of May 2003. Its release date was brought forward after a poor performance from the lead single American Life in the US. Madonna's attempts to talk about the American dream, along with the video which reflected Madonna's personal feelings against the Gulf War, had left the US public feeling that Madonna was unpatriotic, and this would result in a difficult period for the artist, until at least the release of Hung Up in 2005. Hollywood was a great success, certainly in the UK where it got to number two, and Spain, and it did really well in Europe and in Australia. Unfortunately, it failed to chart in the United States. I was quite surprised when I read this, but it didn't reach the Billboard Hot 100. It did get to number one in the US dance chart, however, so all was not lost, but maybe that caused a bit of a sting for the singer. Perhaps that's partly why Madonna has rarely performed it live. However, it did form part of the American Life promo tour, and I'll discuss that and also her performance on Top of the Pops, where I was working at the time, and I'll let you into some backstage secrets. It's not all doom and gloom for the song, however. Critically, it was widely praised, and the video and MTV VMA performance are legendary moments in Madonna's career, and I'll be discussing both of those in detail, including that Britney and Christina kiss. Wanting to avoid the controversy incurred by the promo for American Life, Madonna teamed up with long-term collaborator Jean-Baptiste Mondino to create a stunning short for Hollywood. However, it would later become a problem for the pair when they were sued for plagiarism, and I'll be discussing that moment. The American Life album has been hugely reappraised in recent years, and has always been a fan favourite as the relationship between the singer and producer Mirwais Amazai reached maturity, resulting in an immaculate collection of pop tunes with an electroclash and folk groove. Hollywood is a prime example of that partnership working to its maximum capacity, and I'll be playing you elements from the multi-track recording to analyse how it was constructed. So, get ready to hear about a significant moment in Madonna's career as we discuss the music. For now, sit back, relax, don't push the button or... Change the channel! Uh, thanks, you Madonna ship, as we go inside the groove. Shine your light now
Welcome back to Inside the Groove, and I'd like to thank you for your continued support. You've been spreading the word about this podcast, and also some of you have become patrons. I'm just a guy making this podcast on his own in his home. And if you would like to now show one-off support, you can using the Buy Me a Coffee option. Just head to the insidethegroove.co.uk website and click on the one-off donation. Insidethegroove.co.uk. Thank you. It's Series 3 of Inside the Groove. Gosh, I can't believe it's been going this long. It's been a bit of a week in the world of Madonna, if you're listening live. She's appeared in the video for the new Snoop Dogg song, which is a kind of a great little appearance. But in less good news, Nick Kamen, her one-time collaborator, passed away on Tuesday night. Madonna mentioned this and gave a really fitting tribute to him on her Instagram account. That song, Each Time You Break My Heart, along with another collaboration, Tell Me, form part of the Madonna Madonna Against the Music episode of this podcast, so do check it out if you want to find out how it all came about. Now, I'm going to get to Hollywood soon, but I also wanted to tell you that this podcast got a glowing review in the New York Times. I couldn't quite believe it. This was back on April the 17th, and they were not only complimentary about the podcast, but also about me. They said that apparently I'm very funny and very clever, which is something I've always known, and I'm sure you do as well. So it's great that the New York Times recognise this. Oh, I'm only joking. You do realise that. However, Inside the Groove has been nominated in the Canadian podcast awards if you're listening to this episode before 29th of may 2021 head to canpodawards.ca slash vote slash foreign it's one of five non-canadian entries you have to register to vote on the site but please do i mean obviously i want to win but also it's good for madonna it really is people need reminding of her greatness Talking of her greatness, Hollywood. Now, I love the song, and I kind of think most fans do. I generally thought it was a bit of a success, but when I was researching this podcast, I found out that it had been such a failure in the States, and that really surprised me. So we'll talk a bit about that and the development of the song. I think that for many, Hollywood is a lost Madonna single. I know lots of fans feel that the entire era would have been much better received had it been the first release from the album, and I agree. But here we are 18 years later, and we can admire it for what it is, a slightly avant-garde, upbeat pop record with a fantastic video and some great remixes. It's certainly one of the best examples of Madonna's work with Mirwais, as they mix his crazy wizardry with her beautiful top-line melody and a lyric that wanted to make a statement about the trappings of fame, something that Madonna knows a lot about. She spoke about the meaning behind the first three songs on the American Life album, the title track Hollywood and I'm So Stupid, when she was interviewed for VH1 in early April 2003. She says, The first three songs on the album are me wanting to shout from the rooftops that we have all been living in a dream. I have been living in a dream. And you're all living in a dream and we have to wake up to reality. In another interview for VH1 where they went backstage on the filming of her video, she says, I realise now that fame and fortune and looking good mean nothing. If you don't have the right value system, if you don't realise that none of those things are going to bring you happiness, the only thing that will bring you happiness is love and how you treat your fellow man and having compassion for one another as human beings. In that interview, she also spoke about how she wrote Hollywood and generally how she comes up with her melody and lyric ideas. She says, It's just a poetic magic that happens. Songs just come to me when I hear music. Something jars, something in my mind, and I have an emotional reaction to it, and I just start writing. 
Now that I've learned to play guitar, I don't need other people to help me out with that process. The music album had six tracks by Mirwais and some by Orbit, but American Life saw her wholly adopt Mirwais's style and vision. He told, oh, it's a brilliant interview in Remix magazine, there is some influence from my work, I am what I am, but she wants to be minimal in terms of structure. This way, this album is like one of my albums. It's a very close collaboration. Technically, I'm the producer, but I don't work with many people because I'm not interested to work like that. Yet, if she wasn't famous, I think we could work together exactly the same way. On the track itself, he says, Hollywood was a very old song. We weren't satisfied with the original version, so Madonna found an alternative melody. I used very minimalist drum kit with odd percussion I found in an emu sampler pack. I'll be playing you some of that later. He says, I used an old drum loop in addition to the basic programming for the disco feel of it. I needed to use a smaller sounding kick because I wanted to have the bass sound very big. And that's something that really stands out to me, the track. The bass drum is really sort of soft and squidgy and not a hard, vibrant kick drum. Mirwais also treated Madonna's vocal quite extensively on the track. But part of the process was to play back her own vocals in her headphones with heavy compression on them. So what is compression? Well, some of you might not know this, so I'm going to explain. It's an incredibly versatile tool for music makers. In essence, it lowers the volume when the music gets too loud and increases the volume when it gets too quiet. Now, when it's applied to a whole track, it's a way of making it sound sort of radio-friendly and work well in a club and give it a pumping, incessant beat. But it can also be used on individual sounds, like a snare drum or a piano. Playing with a speed at which compression kicks in and fades away, known as the attack and release, can make drums sound really punchy and snappy. Almost all singers need compression on their vocal tracks. The way they make certain sounds naturally varies across the line, and without compression, you wouldn't quite hear the lyrics in some places. But if you really pump up the compression loud, as Mirwais did for Madonna, it makes the vocals sound intense, extra beefy and almost distorted. And if when Madonna was singing, wearing headphones and hearing her voice back that way, it will affect the way she performs. But of course, that's not the only way her voice is altered. Mirwais talks about the effects and instruments he used in Remix magazine, and I'll cover that when I play you the multi-track version a bit later. But let's talk about the release and the promotion of Hollywood. When the album was launched, Madonna did a mini-tour to promote it. As well as a number of TV shows, she performed at some record stores, Tower Records in New York and HMV in London. And along with the album's title track and choice cuts such as Mother and Father, Madonna and her band, which included Stuart Price, guitarist Monty Pittman and, of course, Miwes, also performed Hollywood Live. And this is what it sounded like.
At this point, Madonna was back living in the UK in her London home not far from Marble Arch and between CD UK and the Jonathan Ross show, some really great live performances happened. But before Hollywood was released, in anticipation of its almost guaranteed chart success, certainly in the UK, she performed the song on Top of the Pops, the UK music show which had been running for almost 40 years at the time. I was working on the show at the time and was very excited that Madonna was going to come in and I'd get to meet her, see her up close or, or whatever would happen really. And she was due to turn up for rehearsal in the day when we shot the episode, I think it was a Thursday. All the artists, doesn't matter how big they were, came in and did a camera rehearsal. But Madonna kept everybody waiting and I can remember being in the studio and, and feeling the, the, the tension and the anticipation as she just didn't turn up. In the end, she arrived with no time to rehearse, just about enough time to have her makeup and costume change, and then she went on and did an absolutely perfect performance. She actually did it twice, just so that the crew could cut between the two. One thing I can really remember is her saying that the, the playback wasn't loud enough, and saying, can you make my ears bleed? I want to hear it. Afterwards, she didn't hang around for a very long time afterwards, but... Well, that's a story for another time. Of course, when we're talking about Hollywood, it's not just the song. It's also remembered for its stunning video, directed by Jean-Baptiste Mondino, who had first worked with Madonna on Open Your Heart back in 1986. Jean-Baptiste is a French fashion photographer and music video director who received huge success with his first international video, Don Henley's Boys of Summer, which swept the board at the MTV VMAs in 1985. Though interestingly, a few years earlier, he had directed the promo for the song Quelqu'un Comtois by Taxigo, the French band which included Mirwais among its members. And he also directed the video for Nick Kamen's Each Time You Break My Heart. He also directed the video for Mirwais Naive Song, which was released around the time of the music album. Madonna Wise, well, you'll know so many of the videos he made, including, of course, probably most famously, Justify My Love. And as a photographer, he's captured some of the very best love pictures of the singer. I think significantly the beautiful album cover and additional shoots for the music album. And it's easy to understand why she wanted to connect to him once again. Mondino explained the concept during the behind-the-scenes documentary about the video which aired on VH1 in June of 2003. He said, Some kind of artifice that Hollywood can produce, that is so wide and has a graphic storyline about it as well as some humour about it, and to show the beauty, the scariness, the sexiness and the loneliness that one success can be, because everybody's dreaming about Hollywood, no matter what. The expectations can be very dangerous, and maybe for somebody like Madonna, who might be at the point to realise that to be on top is maybe not the most important, that's what I feel about the video. I really recommend that you check out the Making of documentary on YouTube. It's probably the most generous access Madonna has ever granted to her behind-the-scenes crew at one of her promo shoots. She's also very funny in it, but there's a couple of great interviews with Jean-Baptiste where he explains the thinking about the video. Shortly after the video's release, the son of another French fashion photographer, Guy Baudin, filed a lawsuit against Madonna and Mondino, claiming copyright infringement and seeking unspecified damages. Samuel Baudin cited 11 images by his father, which he claims Madonna directly imitated. Indeed, Madonna had previously commented that she had greatly admired the work of Guy Baudin and had visited an exhibition of his photographs in London only a week before shooting the Hollywood video. 
If you check out Guy or Guy Baudin's work, it's undeniable that they are homages. It's not the first time that Madonna has done this. The Material Girl video replicates Marilyn Monroe in Gentlemen Preferred Blondes, and photographer Horst complained that Madonna imitated his own work in the Vogue video. Madonna's often been described as a cultural vampire, soaking up references from others and reimagining them. I mean, did you know, for example, that the cover of True Blue is a direct reference to the movie La Dolce Vita and a still of Swedish actress Anita Ackberg with very similar makeup and an almost identical pose and background? Now, some Madonna fans don't like to recognise that Madonna does this, but it's undeniable, and I know many of us feel that these homages have introduced us to art that we would otherwise have been ignorant of. And on the whole, she's managed to get away with it, probably because she plays homage so brilliantly and often exceeds the original inspiration. But in the case of the Hollywood video, Samuel Bourdain felt differently. He said... It's one thing to draw on inspiration, it's quite another to simply plagiarise the heart and soul of my father's work. Well, it's a tough one. I think you can be inspired by somebody all the time, and it can lead to great things, and I think that's what Madonna did here. Indeed, she never claimed to any wrongdoing. However, the settlement paid to the Bodan estate is believed to be in the region of $600,000. And sadly, it seems that that's resulted in Madonna and Jean-Baptiste Mundino never working together again. A real shame because they did such great work. Not all controversy is bad for Madonna though, as we discovered in the September at the MTV VMAs, where Madonna did a very special performance of Hollywood. I'm sure you remember it. <laughs> this is what it sounded like. Everybody comes to Hollywood wanna make it in the neighborhood They like the smell of it in Hollywood it's a version of the Stuart Price remix, also known as the Thin White Duke remix, also due to a misprint known as the Thin White Duck remix. However, the performance also featured three other artists. The musical number had begun with Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera emerging from a wedding cake and then performing the song Like a Virgin, a direct homage to Madonna's performance of that song almost 20 years earlier. Then Madonna appears and sings Hollywood. She proceeded to move towards the pair and kiss them both, full on snogs. Just before she kissed Christina, the camera panned to Justin Timberlake to watch his reaction, so you only got to see a bit of the Christina kiss. And before you know it, Missy Elliott emerges from a wedding chapel to sing a version of her song, Work It. It definitely got a lot of attention. And Madonna later said, I am kissing Britney and passing my energy onto her, like a kind of mythological fairy tale. So now you know a bit about the song and its performances, let's actually listen to the multi-track recording and work out how it was put together. Music stations always play the same song I'm bored with the concept of right and wrong So that's the intro that appears on the multi-track, possibly an idea that was later jettisoned, and you're not imagining it? You can hear birds. <laughs> that sample is also on the multi-track. There's that emu sampled kick drum and the snare, very lo-fi, very avant-garde for a pop release. Sounds great though, doesn't it? There's the bass line, have a good listen. 
it might seem straightforward, but Mirwais painstakingly played around with the various filters and the way it was constructed, and it's on four separate layers to give it a really organic feel. Of course, the other significant part of the song is the guitar. Monty Pittman played it live, but it's Mirwais on the recording. There's also some brilliant electronic guitar which gets hidden away in the mix. Let's focus in on Madonna's vocal. Very breathy and compressed. Mirwais talked about using very low quality lo-fi compressors. He said it's all about what you do with them. I don't know if there's auto-tune on the vocals here, but they're certainly chopped about and played around with quite a bit. And Mirwais uses his trademark Nord synth for a lot of these sounds. Let's listen to Madonna's vocals again. Everybody comes to Hollywood They wanna make it in the neighborhood they like the smell of it in Hollywood. How could it hurt you when it looks And the whole track back in? There's a bubbling synth which is missing in the final mix, I think, or very much buried away. And then the song gets a complete key change. This bird is There's quite a few references to birds on the American Life album. Interesting. I've pushed up in the mix one of the synth bases here. And then there's more electric guitar too. Here we go. Sounds quite different to the finished version, doesn't it? And of course, famously, we have this bit towards the end of the song. Push the button, don't push the button. Mirwais is using an AMS 1580SDMX pitch shifter to turn Madonna's vocals from female to male. Trip the station, change the channel. Push the button, don't push the button. Trip the station, change the channel. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Patrons will be able to hear a little bit more about the song, specifically Into the Hollywood Groove, which was a special version of the song mixed with Into the Groove and featuring Missy Elliott that Madonna recorded for a Gap commercial. If you want to become a patron, just head to insidethegroove.co.uk and sign up. Thank you for listening. Until the next time, bye-bye.